Hi, everyone, and welcome back to our podcast. Today, we have a guest all the way from Brazil, Ben-Hur. Welcome to our podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here. Oh, thank you, Uli. Hey, with this epic name, I hope it will be an epic time with you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. And, and before we dive into today's topic, uh, I wanted to just like, why don't you share a little bit about your background so our viewers and listeners can get a little bit more information about who you are, what you're doing. And from that point, you know, I think it makes a lot more sense the topic we have today. Yeah, okay. Hey, so I'm a sportive journalist about 10 years you know i started in 2010 and started right in the tv here in brazil tv global that's the biggest broadcast here in brazil and in south america also i yeah. think it's the fourth uh, media company biggest media company in the world wow so it's quite huge and uh, sure. at the time when i started i just started being an international correspondent in france so i lived in paris uh, just covering the national team the preparation of the national team for the south african uh, soccer World Cup. Right, right, right. Yeah, in 2010, yeah. Yeah, and when I was living in Paris, I, I covered the major events there, like Roland uh, Garros, like uh, Wimbledon in London, of course. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, I just started, you know, just with a, this little pressure of being an international correspondent. So right. I, I returned to live in Brazil in 2011, yeah. and I get to the U.S. in 2016 uh, right. to, to be international correspondent again, but this time just covering MMA, just covering nice. UFC. I've, I've been in touch with MMA uh, since 2011 or, yeah, right. 2011. Right. I, I, I remember clearly the first fight that I covered, yeah. uh, you know, the, the thing was uh, Anderson Silva against uh, Vitor Belfort. That's oh, the major okay. fight. Yeah, the, the, right. the fight that defined the end of the day. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I mean, like it, it's you you you've seen a lot of different things. Uh, being international, you know, correspondent too. You know, you've been all over the place, and I think like it makes sense for like our topic is essentially you know stories from a sports journalist and like just hearing you know your viewpoint and kind of like how it how it kind of like you know because you have a very interesting lens you know because you have to pick up like this information this this these little things you know very very fast because as you know the sponsor is moving like so fast uh, you know the major events like we're going to tap into the mma of course like and and fights where like you know one punch can be like you know the complete story i guess for for like one 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 match and like if we just dive into um, just just back to like 2014 when the, when you had the opportunity to cover you know the 2014 BSL Pipe Master, uh, like first of all like what is this all event about and I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about like what's been your highlight and and as part of that event and and event and what do you kind of like what was your experience of being being part of it as a as a journalist? Yeah, it was such a special time you know especially because I I surf. So yeah. as a surfer, you know, I follow, <laughs> I, I, I grew up seeing, you know, about Kelly, about Nick Fanning, about Joe Parkinson. So all right. of these guys, I have much respect for them. And was, uh, since 2011, 12, we saw right. here in Brazil, a young guy called Gabriel Medina, just, you know, yeah. getting a little bit more famous a little bit. And everybody saw him and said, man, this could be the champ. This could be the, the Brazilian first champ. Right, the war. So in 2014, 
was the the whole year we covered the the tour of the WSL, just following all of his steps. And you know, by the the mid of the year in July, we was quite quite sure that we he was in the end of the year uh, fighting for the title. All right. So yeah, in December we made all the planning. Just okay, let's go. Let's cover the title. Let's cover the things how we will, will be. Right. So it was it was my first time in Hawaii. In nice. the North Shore. Nice. That would yeah, be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Have you have you been there? Not not yet. It's on my list though. It's on my list. Man, it's a place to go. It's definitely a place to go. Uh, especially in during the Pipe Masters, you know, the Pipe Masters right. is the is one of the most uh, important competitions in surf, right? By or maybe is the most important because right. you know have all the tradition of the Hawaiian surf yeah. and have uh, the thing of the title going to happen there and the Triple Crown also. Right. So right, we have all the things together in one beach in one perfect wave. So yeah. it was quite quite interesting. And Gabriel Medina uh, just made the, the whole competition quite, you know, uh, he, he was just focused at, uh, all the time. In 2013, right. when he was uh, getting, trying his first title, yeah, yeah. his coach uh, called, uh, how, how's the name of the coach? Is his dad? Uh, oh, forget it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, sorry. I'm, I'm not into like surfing, so I'm not going to say any names. Oh, really? <laughs> Charles, Charles, Charles. All right, cool. cool. That is Charles. So they made one thing that's quite interesting. Uh, they imagined that 2 0, you know? Right. Just that linked Gabriel to the waves. Yep. And right. he couldn't see nothing beyond the tunnel. So uh, he was passing through the people like, he, he couldn't see anyone, you know, just in his That's imagination. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's talk a little bit about Medina, though, like as, as like an athlete and like how you guys, because you said you were, you be, you were essentially following him throughout uh, 2014, you know, and like, like up to his point of like, you know, making his, you know, final stand as like, you know, a pro champion. And, and like, what was the, what was the things that you guys saw, you know, in Medina that was like, okay, like this guy's gonna make it. Like, like, what was it about him that you guys wanted to follow him and made him interesting, you know, to follow too? Because I assume like that would be like a key part in in journalism, right? It's like, what makes this guy or this person unique? Yeah, I think there's some other factors, you know. Uh, for the first, he's of course a talent, a gifted guy, right. you know. Yeah. Uh, okay, he, he has a thing for sports, yes, for any for sports, sure. but he has a good training. He has an excellent training. His dad, Charles, uh, since he was 11, was, was training his body just wow. to move like other persons, you know? Right. Just to move like other surfers. So he trained uh, too much uh, in boards uh, with, without the water, and he right. trained with uh, bands and many things like that. Yeah. So he made a training that other surfers here in Brazil, and, and beyond that, other surfers all around the world didn't have this, this kind of experience. Right. Uh, all the things made, made his surf quite interesting, you know, especially yeah. by the airs. He, he's good at the airs. So right, right. This, this is one thing. But when Ripku just saw this guy here right. in Brazil that, that could be a potential guy, uh, Ripku saw in him the opportunity yeah. to, to catch another market. So right. Ripku Sponsored. Yeah, invested a lot in him, you know. <laughs> that makes sense, though, right? Like, if it's going to be the sense. next icon of the industry, like, it's, it's going to earn, 
like it's gonna bring them a lot of money. You know, if she uses like their brand, their their products, you know, it's gonna it's gonna that's how it works, you know, branding. Of course. So so quite young he started to travel to many ways different all around the world. Right. Uh, just training a car, you know. And uh, this all these supports of the brands behind him, yeah, just give him to to catch many many places, you know. Right, the, essentially the foundation, right? And but I, I think yeah. it's very interesting what you talk about is is um, you know his his way of like training, right? And like how unique it was for the surf industry, and and that's that's quite fascinating how like especially being like this young person right and coming in and and kind of like changing how the industry trains and and you usually need like these disruptors in 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 sports in order to to take the next leap and at some point like i don't know like i said i don't know the industry that well yet i don't know who's like the, the leaders now but i assume like at at some point there will come another person that will like you know reinvent again the the, the training wheel and how you perform you know so like you know, it's just how the, the, the sports evolve. You know, I think in each sport, we have this kind of guy that changes a little bit right. of the way they, they practice, you know. 100%. Uh, if we think, yeah, if we think about the F1, when Ayrton Senna started just right. to press uh, outside of the car, you know, I don't know if you, if you know this story of Senna quite well. Uh, Idris told me a little bit, but uh, please, please, yeah. please tell our, our viewers, yeah. you know. The main, yeah, the main point of Ayrton Senna was the training that he was doing outside the car, you know. Right. He, he, started, yeah, he started to run about 21 kilometers, you know, 15 kilometers, and he was doing the cardio and everything right. like that. And all this training just helped him to hold the car, to hold the, the right. pressure of the car. Right. Cause, yeah, because in, in the start of the 90s, we had a totally quite different car than we have of, of nowadays yeah. in the F1. No, for sure. So, his training made him the uh, the best pilot of that time. You know, right. it's quite different than we have on nowadays of Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton yeah, yeah, is yeah. another thing. Yeah, it's, it's another change. You know, <laughs> and of course, I, I think he will be the the best of all time for for a long. You know, right, uh, right, right. No, for sure. And if you think about the MMA, uh, we have Anderson Silva doing one things, and on the opposite side, we have maybe Conor McGregor right. doing other stuff. You know, yeah, yeah. So, I think in other sports we have this this kind of persons that. Change. I mean, like there will always be people that reinvent, uh, you know, the industry and like, like just going back a little bit to Norway though, with like their ski sports, right? Like you have sprinters, right? Ski sprinters and sprinting wasn't even like a distance like back in the days, and like suddenly like someone just like you know we're so tactical and just like waited with the staff and then they just like went down at the final stretch as a, as a sprinting and it was like who sprints in ski you know and suddenly it was there right and you have like two now Norwegians um one of them is is quite famous like Petter Nordkrug has been like winning everything essentially in 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 ski and um and cross-country skiing and everything and he was essentially like the one that implemented strategy in ski races like in in cross-country skiing and like nobody did that everybody was just run like everybody was just going from like a to finish right from 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 start to finish in like one their pace and just try to get tired and suddenly he just like messes up everything with his strategy and nobody gets anything and he was so fast you know he just competed out competed everyone and now like there's another norwegian like started a couple of years ago uh where Suddenly, his way of sprinting was so unique. No one has ever seen. It was almost like he was running up the hill with skis, you know, running. 
Like it looks like he's running. It's crazy. And that's reinventing skiing. So yeah. like you said, there will always be like these people that come up with like these new and innovative ideas and, and ways of training that makes natural, like perfect sense for them. And then suddenly they, they change the entire game, the entire industry. And, and that is yeah, for think, sure, for sure fascinating, you know, to explore. Yeah, I, I think they see in the game points that the other doesn't see. You know? Right. Um, no, I, th I think you're very right. And, and this is also yeah. key for you guys, though, to pick up as, as sports uh, journalists, you know, and like what makes these, these people unique, not, not as you said, just like the, the, the training foundation or like, you know, their body or like, you know, a talent for sports. Because a lot of people ask talent for sports, but what, what makes the character unique? And like, I mean, like if we're talking about unique characters, we kind of like have to dive into like MMA and Conor McGregor, you know, like that's probably a very unique, unique character in, in, in general. Um, and like you had the opportunity to be involved in a lot of like UFC events in like 2016 and 20, 2017, uh, you know, seeing major moments. Um, so among others, like watching Conor McGregor and kind of like his, his journey, like what do, you, what do you take from there? And like what has been some of your, I don't know, like some of your cool stories that you can bring up from like the UFC <laughs> and MMA, MMA world. Yeah, I think, I, I think Conor definitely is not a good person to observe in the sports. I really think he, he's a bad example of, the, of an athlete, you know, behavior. Right. Okay. Right. He's such a great fighter, and it's interesting to see him fighting. But right. even, even on his best moments, he could ruin everything just going beyond the limits, you right. know, right. Uh, outside the cage. For sure. So, For sure. yeah. So, and I don't know how's him in Ireland right now. I really hope the person has just started to catch uh, him as he really is, you know. Uh, right. He's, he's, like, he's a young guy. Who yeah. didn't grow up? I, 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 I don't know. When he catch the money and the famous and everything like that, his right. mind just poof, right. You know, right. Yeah, he, he just blows everything. So I remember uh, two two moments. You know, of For Conor sure. McGregor. One uh, when he won Jose Aldo for the first time in yeah. in Las Vegas. I was there covering, and everybody. Every, I thought Aldo. You know, we would won that fight. Right. Could one easily, you know, but it, it was the first thing, you know, the first uh, punch on the three seconds of fight, oh, and everything ruined. So when when I I catch McGregor getting this opportunity of Alda, I said, okay, we have to respect this guy. All right. And man, this one, this was the worst <laughs> night for the Brazilians in Vegas. You know, because all <laughs> the imagine. Irish people, yeah, all the Irish people. Ah, just screaming everywhere, you know, the Irish are just crazy. <laughs> right. so, but Aldo was like a big, big player, right, in, in UFC at that, that point. Yeah. Like one of, the, one yeah. of the best. Yeah, one of the most, uh, you know, uh, he, he was the champion for about four years, I guess. You know? Wow. So, yeah. That's pretty impressive in, in that game, too. Yeah. To keep it, keep it that long. Keeping the belt. Yeah, keeping yeah. the belt for a long time. And the other moment that I really remember, uh, and, it just captured my attention for Connor was the was the new UFC New York when he yep. was fighting uh, who no no when when he lost for for Nate Diaz when he lost right. for Nate Diaz in Las Vegas too and you know because Nate just got this fight about five days or six days you know before the fight 
because yeah. Rafael dos Anjos just got injured and then oh, okay. Nate was replacing him. Yeah. So, so uh, everybody didn't what to expect. You know, we didn't know what to expect from this from, from Nate Diaz and this fight against Conor. But when he, when we we saw Nate just winning the fight a little bit, just getting Conor in, in the position, just submitting him. Yeah. Man, it was it was so surprising, <laughs> you know. And, and, uh, Underdogs, really, you know? Underdog. yeah, yeah. I, I really felt a little revenge, you know. Just, <laughs> but uh, where where is uh, sorry for like my my lack of knowledge here? But uh, Nate Diaz, like, where is he? Where is he from? Is he... Nate Diaz. Yeah. Nate 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 from California. Like, All right, right, right. Do you know him? Yeah. Okay. okay. He has this Spanish name, but he's from California. Yeah. No, I was like, okay, maybe it's like some South American or like Mexican. Or... No, 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 no. Right, right, right. Okay, okay, but that's that's pre that's pretty interesting though, because I mean, like, you will always have like this, um, and and you, and you talked about, of course, like, we can talk a lot about like, you know, what's what's kind of like the right, uh, you know, how to behave, right? I mean, like in general, like MMA and like UFC has always been a very like uh, tough tough sport in general with a lot of I would say like maybe banter in a sense you know like hammering each hammering each other you know before games and like it's kind of like part of it but I, I think like uh, Conor McGregor kind of like just took it to like a different level you know of like what yeah. people expect I mean like I'm not saying it's it's good or or bad but but it's just like here he brought a lot of attention you know to to him which was probably what he wanted yeah, I think it's not necessary, you know, the things that he does with the trash talking is it's really not yeah. necessary. We had things growing up in box just a long time ago, you know, when right. we saw Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali made it such a good trash talking, you know, he just yeah. tried to destabilize the, the enemy, the opposite. Right. So, uh, Conor made it a, a little dirty, you know. Uh, right. I, I, really, I really think this is not necessary for this sport and for the, yeah. the values that we want to bring to the touring body. But you know, MMA is such a, a unique thing uh, in, yeah. in the sport. Uh, uh, we can see by the sign. Uh, you know, Dana White, the UFC right. head, <laughs> yeah. uh, just want to do an event. Even in the middle of the pandemic thing in the US, he wants yeah. to do an event in May, in Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's totally crazy, you know. By yeah. his mind, we can see everything that's happening in MMA things, you know. Yeah, uh, MMA is a universe totally different than the other sports that, that we know, or, or maybe the Olympic sports that we know. Right, right. No, for sure. I, I agree 100%. And, and I, I think it's very interesting there to talk to. It's like, um, you know, like the, the friendly banter and like the trash talking will always be there. But, you know, like, how do you do it? And like, how do you respect, you know, the rules and, and, and I would say like the guidelines of the MMA and like what they stand for too, because... I mean, like, of course, it's nice to have, like, this, you know, crazy per people, but how far should you stretch it? And, like, what is, uh, what is, really, we can probably do, like, another podcast just on that. But, yeah, but, what's the limit? What's the limit on that? Yeah. Right. There's, there's That's also a limit. And, and, but let's dive, like, continue a little bit with, like, MMA and, like, Amanda, Amanda Nunes. Um, so, you, like, you talk about, like, she's one of, like, probably the best female MMA fighter of all times. And, what was it like you like I sure like you saw some of her fights and and uh, like what essentially what makes her unique and 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 essentially the best the best female fighter out there like what, what was it about yeah. her you know I, I could I could say that Amanda is, is one thing confidence you know yeah he, he, 
yeah, it's such such a power of competence in herself and in her team. You know, right. uh, of course, of course, there's hard work. Of course, there's many things, but uh, she knows that technically, you yeah. know, maybe Chris Cyborg just getting another level than than she. Right. But she also knows that she has a confidence to to know to look at her eyes and yeah. many things that I think this is the point of Amanda. Yeah. Uh, the the first time that I saw Amanda winning a title uh, was the I don't know what's the, the category I think it's the featherweight. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, she, she 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 was just trying to prove to everybody that she could you know get in a belt. So right. which right. meant she just started to cry in about ten minutes. Just I couldn't I I, I was there outside the cage you know yeah. behind the cage waiting for she comes to interview her right. just uh, and she just couldn't stop crying uh, wow. it, it was crazy for me wow. yeah because she was so emotional so she couldn't believe you know i i think it was something like that and uh the main thing interesting about amanda is that she grew up in a quite small city here in brazil yeah two small city in brazil and she couldn't see another opportunity to grow up in life for her was fight or fight. She couldn't see a, a second way. Yeah, yeah, you know. So she put all of these coins, right. all of her coins, all of her you know coffees in fighting. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think for her, uh, man, it, it was a, a a way to to bring to her family everything that she what she wanted. Right, you know? uh, right. We have this in Brazilian fighters many times, you know. To yeah. have everybody here. I mean, like, I think, I think you're onto really, really something, though. Like, like we, I mean, like, of course, like we can to talk about like general like athletes, right? Like, how are you, like, why are you becoming the best of the best, right? And in many cases, it's just like, like this is this is your way, you know? Like, this is the only way you've been seeing like since day one, and this is gonna be, you know, you put all your efforts in here, and we talk a lot about like, you know, being in a comfortable position here in Norway, and like a lot of the, you know. Nordic countries of like you know like if this doesn't work we have something else you know like to fall you know like all have like all this stuff to fall back on and in a lot of you know other countries you don't you don't necessarily have that you know baseline so you 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 just have to sacrifice everything and hence also when you first like achieve it like as you said like she was crying like nonstop and like for good reason <laughs> yeah. too you know just all the time she'd been working up up towards this moment and, and now she's finally finally there so i can imagine like in being there for you like just witnessing that tremendous story you know from like the beginning to like reaching that goal yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy to see how the the person turns you know how the how the person transform herself with right. achievements you know yeah. and you know, this was the first time when she won the belt so when she was cry cyborg, I wasn't there, and I met her about two days later. Right. When she met me, she said, "I, I, told, I told you, I told you, I wasn't doing that." I had Okay, I heard. <laughs> You're like, "Woo!" And finally. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. I, I saw the fight, man. I saw yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, like, just can imagine how that how that feels but i mean like we're, we're starting to like reaching like the 30 minute uh, mark and like it's been like a really interesting interesting talk but just starting to like to wrap it up um so 
I mean, like, we have a lot of young people listening to, like, these kind of blog interviews, and we went, obviously, we focused a lot on helping students, young professionals trying to find their path, and, and, and if, like, what tips do you have for, you know, those students or, or professionals that are trying to start their path in, in sports journalism? What is it, what is it think they, things they need to think about, and, and how do you, how do you start, start that journey? I, I think the main thing, uh, if, you, if you want to follow sports journalism, is uh, the thing that you are a journalist. You are right. telling stories, you know? Right. You are, uh, so, so you have to keep your mind open to everything that's beyond sport. Right. Please, yeah, the, the, if you are following the NFL, man, you have to know how about the current things about the NFL. You have to know about the healthy of the, the players that do the NFL thing, you know? Right. Because if you, if you keep your mind open to all these points, you are able to get the stories, the best stories right. to do your product, you know? So it's actually uh, understanding the industry and your yeah. market. Yeah, that, that's, the point. that's the point. Right. So keeping in mind that you are part of a, a, big, a big hand grenade, you know, a big thing that, that moves, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and of course, nowadays, is the tip that I give to everybody that wants to follow journalists. You know, you have to know a little bit about database. You have to know a little bit about, you know, uh, language programming and, uh, and everything right. like that, like Python. Um, just, just to, especially in big leagues like NBA, NBA NFL, right. uh, maybe the NHL, you have to know about the numbers. The numbers yeah. seems many yeah, things. Yeah. So Americans you, you love the data, you know, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. all data. So you, if you are familiar to data, you, you can get another thing. I mean, like, it might be interesting though. Like, I mean, like this just pops in my head, but like, if, if you're wanting to do like journalism in sports, as you talk, like, obviously now you're talking about, okay, understanding your industry, right? Which is obviously it's key, whatever you want to do, you need to understand, you know, what, yeah. what the industry you're in and how it works. Um, in order, as you said, creating the best stories. And then you brought up like, you know, data, which I think like most people don't necessarily like think about. And here I think it would be interesting, like if you're able to do like some, uh, you know, sports analytics courses or like some analytics courses, right? To understand the data and how they use it. Hence, I think like the stories that you can tell, as you mentioned, like it's all about storytelling. How can you tell the best stories and to have that foundation to tell that? And I think that's, that's a great advice for sure. Yeah, I think that's the main point for the journalists nowadays, you know, if you yeah. can read a good database, uh, database, you, you, you are another journalist, you know, you are quite ahead in front of the right. other, other people. Well, I, I think with that, uh, Ben-Hur, I would like to thank you for the time. I mean, like, we could probably talk, you have, I know we have, like, a lot of stories, and then we'll, we'll, we'll probably touch back at some point with some some more stories uh, but for now I would like to thank you thank you for the time it's been a pleasure having you here and I'm sure everyone like that that's you know passionate about like sports journalism and want to share a little bit about like you know the MMA and like UFC and like you know uh, even even the you know world surfing like there's a lot of good stories here that it also like I, I think it's nice that you're bringing up like those I would say like non-typical you know, like famous sports. I mean, like they are big, of course, in, in their each, but it's not like, you know, football, baseball, like it's not yeah. the typical ones. Right? And I think it's nice to bring something, something different, something unique. And again, showcasing that there's so much more, you know, than, 
just you know football like pro football or or, or soccer or something so <laughs> I, I think it's it's like showcasing that that there's so much you know you have talents everywhere and and the stories are quite kind of similar too you know like it's all about following an athlete or a team or whatever it is and their their path towards success and um like i said thank you thank you once again for the time ben her and uh it's been a pleasure having you as part of the podcast oh thank you so much it was my pleasure you know to, to talk to you guys and and thank you everybody who's listening to us uh, just follow me on social media ben her korea c-o-r-r-e-i-a and uh, it's be a pleasure to answer everybody and to, to keep in touch Awesome. Well, we'll tag you, tag you in, in like all the stuff when we're sharing it. And then with that, I will always finish with least not guess, which means I see you later in the region. So now you know that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Thank you, Benner. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, man.